So there's those obstacles and problems that get in our way in life, uh, mountains, if you will. And I think far too often we are trying to avoid the mountain rather than command it to get out of our way. That's what we're talking about in this episode of King's Code Radio. You're listening to King's Code Radio, where we are a movement of men, men rising up as kings, kings unto the king of kings, and producing massive results in every area of life. Here is your host, Paul Cooley. What is up, guys? I hope all of you are doing well as we are entering in. Well, man, we are literally days away from Christmas, uh, time of this recording. And I know that can bring up a lot of pain uh, for some guys. Uh, some of the guys going, or many of the guys going into our programs uh, inside of our King's Code and King's Armory programs, um, you know, their wives have left, or, or at the very least, their marriages are suffering um, trauma. And uh, it's just a painful time. Everything is amplified during Christmas. So if that is you, uh, hearts go out to your prayers are with you. And uh, really, we can look at this in two ways. We, we are not playing the victim card, so we are looking at this and counting our blessings um, and, and really continuing to rise up into the men God's called us to be and uh, making the most out of this um, and running to the Lord with our pain. So with that being said, though, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to be talking about a, a verse in, in Scripture that I think often is is properly, properly quoted, uh, but not necessarily lived out. And so uh, we're going to be transitioning over to uh, a message I just recently delivered um, about uh, speaking to that mountain and commanding it to move and why often we do not see that or the evidence of that in our life and what can change so you can start to see the evidence of when you command that mountain to move. So with that being said, here we go. All right, let us get into the word this morning. I am not going to go long at all today. And I, I heard that, and I'm really not. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut this one short today. <laughs> you, you time me, Waylon. It's, it's going to be a short one. <laughs> last, uh, last week, I kind of jokingly brought up uh, how people create you know, New Year's resolutions and goals and things like that, and kind of just a little bit discussed why why it said that only 8% actually uh, complete their thing, complete their goals and, and whatnot. And I started thinking about that even more because it's just a continual ongoing topic. And thank you for everyone sending me pictures and memes and everything else of people at the gym on New Year's. Um, but, you know, the one thing that I, I like, the gym allows so many good analogies and, and, can, and kind of parallels with spiritual things too. For example... When you go into the gym, and it can be intimidating, right? If anyone's ever gone, it can be intimidating, especially where all like the, the free weights are. There you go. See? So it's intimidating. But you can also tell who's put in the work, can't you? You, you can tell very quickly who has uh, been willing to do the difficult thing, even if the difficult thing means picking something heavy up and putting it back down. But it's still the difficult thing. And I start thinking about that even spiritually, you know, uh, can, can you, have you ever talked to somebody that you know, you know, this person has spiritually gone through some stuff, but they were willing to go through the difficult thing. You know what I'm talking about? There, there's, a, there's a difference there between the people that will uh, talk Christianese and talk all these things and say all the right things and, oh, you know, okay, awesome. But you can really, when you really start to talk to them, you know if they've gone through some stuff or not. 
You know if they have grown in the faith or if this is someone that is really not grown in the faith, but they're just talking the talk. And I know it's our constant endeavor to continue to do the difficult thing, the thing that the Lord's called us to do, uh, in order to move and continue to move and pursue Him more and more and more. And I'll say the same thing I said last week. I think it should be our goal that we, whatever kind of fruit was produced in 2022, we should amp it up even more in 2023 for the glory of God. So today I want to talk just for a moment about avoiding mountains. And if you would, turn with me to Mark 11. I know often we use the Israelites going around the same stupid mountain for 40 years as an example of what not to do. Many of the decisions Israelites made and complained about and wanted to go back and all these things, we go, how on earth could they have done such a thing? And yet often in our own life and in our own way, we find ourselves being like the Israelites. I don't know about you, but I don't like going around a mountain again when I don't have to. I mean, isn't that a frustrating thing? And yet, when we, we, and we're not going to, but when we read about the Israelites going through the, the wilderness for 40 years, it's like, man, that could have all been avoided. Could have all been avoided. And so with that... I was reading Mark 11, verse I'm sure you guys are all familiar with, and it says, uh, picking up in verse uh, 22, and it says, Jesus answering them said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. For if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven Forgive your trespasses. Some heavy verses right there. I think, I started thinking, because there's been, there's been some topics that I have been inquiring and seeking the Lord about, because I'm like, okay, I'm noticing certain things, and why, why is this? And then I start reading this verse, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, Lord, where are we going here? Okay, so I think we like the idea especially when we get verse uh, uh, 23, right? Hey, you say this mountain be moved and it's going to move. We like that. We like the idea of that. We love the concept of that. We like the idea of God moving mountains on our behalf, don't we? Isn't that cool? But yet I think often in life we tend to try to avoid the mountain rather than command the mountain, We are going through life, and yet we're, we're given warnings. We're given heads up that, hey, you know what? In this life, you're going to have trouble. Hey, you know, <laughs> take all those things with joy. And we read these things, and we go, oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah, that's true. I like that. Okay, that's fine. And then we run into a mountain. And if we're not careful, we will find ourselves doing what the Israelites did. Complain. Murmur. Question God. Why is this mountain here? 
Why would God put this mountain here? Why? Oh, man, I thought, I thought God was this. And this, this mountain goes against the promise that God's even given me. So if we have our eye on the mountain, we go, uh, and, and we're not taking this stuff to the Lord. We're going to end up getting distracted by the mountain and saying, well, I guess I'm going to go around it. I'll find a different way because the mountain's in my way. As annoying as that is, the mountain's in my way. What problems are in your way right now? This thing, stupid thing's in my way. So I guess i got to figure out another way to get on the other side of the mountain. So I'm going to go around the mountain, but because I'm so self-absorbed, I'm going to get distracted with my own murmuring and complaining, miss the mark, and end up going around the same stupid mountain again. When just maybe God has allowed that mountain to be there to say, hey, remember this chunk of scripture right here? You're so distraught about the mountain. Why don't you start commanding? Why don't you start getting my, my, my take and my view on what this mountain is and why it's there and what you should do about it? But we go, well, wait a minute. Okay, what's going on there? Because, like, this mountain's bigger than me. This mountain is bigger than, than I, can't, I can't pay enough to get this mountain out of the way. That would cost too much money, too many tractors that need to come in. I don't have enough friends to get shovels to try to try, you know, dig a hole through the mountain. And God's saying, command it to move. And yet we're still trying to figure out a way, how, how do I get around it? Maybe if I go left or right, which way is shorter? And that's when we start coming up with our own ideas on how to get something done. And that is also when we get ourselves in trouble. So we like the idea of God moving a mountain, but yet we then question, why would God allow this mountain to be in my way? It's kind of like asking, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm victorious in Christ, and then get upset that there's a battle. I'm a soldier in Christ. What do soldiers do? Have tea parties? No, they don't. Why are you complaining about the battle? But see, when, we, we, when we're taking our eyes off of Jesus and putting them on our situation, we start to coming up with our own opinions and ideas, and they will get us in trouble every time. So we need to check ourselves and make sure that we are not, we are not murmuring, complaining, or dare blame God that the mountain is in our way. So what do we do? This is ultimately a topic of faith and doubt, because if you go to verse, uh, again, verse 23, it says, For verily I say unto you, whatsoever, or whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea. And here is the condition right here. And not doubt in his heart. Because he first he started in verse above that, hey, have faith in God. And now, don't have doubt in your heart. Because doubt and unbelief, that's contaminants of faith. They'll contaminate your faith so fast. And then we'll settle with, with this uh, uh, watered-down kind of faith that says, oh, I believe in God, I believe he died for me, and that's about where it stops. That's why the book of Jude says, build yourself up on the most holy faith. Not some watered-down, wimpy faith. Not some faith, and the stupid faith the world talks about, oh, just have faith in yourself. 
Yeah, you try that and see how that's going to work for you. We've all done that, and that didn't work out so well, did it? No, faith, faith in God. It says, if you shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So, reading that, you'd say, well, hey, I need more faith then, right? Obviously, this mountain is massive. I have no idea how I'm going to get over this mountain. I have no idea how I'm going to command this mountain to go. So, if okay, if this is a faith versus doubt thing, maybe I just need more faith. That might be a, a conclusion we would come to. But what's kind of interesting about this is the account in Matthew that talks about this same chunk of Scripture. Jesus says, hey, if you just have the faith side of a mustard seed, well, that kind of blows that idea out of the water then, doesn't it? Because I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> to have faith in Jesus that he died and rose again, I'm thinking, that's probably mustard seed faith, right? So I got it. So this isn't about, let me see if I can get more. Because the Bible says that Jesus, you have Jesus in you. Do you believe that? Amen? And the Bible says that Jesus was given faith without measure. And if he's in you, now you have more than enough faith. More than enough. So this isn't about, let me acquire more faith. This is now saying, how do I eradicate unbelief? There you go, Albert. Rebuke that thing, right? This is, this is why you've got to be careful who you hang with. Because there's always going to be the doubters and the naysayers and all these things and, and, and stuff on TV and news and social media, everything, that is going to try to get you to conform to a certain way of belief. And that says, there is no way that you can move the mountain. So just create a nice fancy hashtag about it and be on your way. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 <laughs> no, that's not, that's not how we're doing things, see? I am the God of the impossible. Command that thing to move, and I'm going to move it. Hebrews 3.2 also talks about having a wicked heart of unbelief. So it is a serious thing. It is a serious thing. When you, when you choose to say, I am not going to entertain the unbelief, I'm not going to choose to entertain the fear, I'm not going to choose to entertain these things that are going to try to come against my faith, then you have to make sure you put that faith into action because faith without works, faith without action, faith without obedience is dead. And so this faith is not just some made-up weird thing of I'm going to try to talk myself and try to convince myself even more. No, no, no. This faith is saying I am relying on, connecting with, and sticking to Jesus. And when you choose to do that, now, now is where you're going to start getting the results that you are wanting. Because we get in our own head a lot, don't we? I started thinking, um, you know, a number of years ago, I was going through a pretty difficult time. And I was so crystal clear on God has got his portion, and I've got my portion in this situation. I need a miracle. But I'm, I'm not going to be one that just wants to sit back, watch the TV while God does it. No, no, no. I, I know I got my portion in this and God's got his. And I need to be clear on what is God going to do? What am I supposed to do? So, Because I don't want to get in the way. 
And I was talking to someone just even recently about, uh, well, I guess you could say a particular mountain. And I went, you know, it's interesting. I recognized something myself a number of years ago where I, 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 I was able to bring in that type of thinking, like, hey, God's got his portion, I got mine, in these many different areas of life. But there was like one or two that I didn't even recognize and realize that I was not having that same attitude towards. I was kind of like, well, okay, God, whatever you're going to do. And it hit me all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, why? how did I slip into that thinking on this particular topic? If God's got his portion, I got mine. I got to find out what his portion is. I got to find out what my portion is. And if my portion is, hey, you know what? Eradicate unbelief, stay connected with Jesus. And when he says, move, move, hey, that's good. So I started fixing that. So you have to ask yourself, what is the mountain in your life? I told you I'm going to go short, and I am. There's three things I want you to do if you recognize that you have a mountain or a problem in your life that appears to be much bigger than you. And all of them are found in the chunk of Scripture that we just read about. Number one, where we started, you've got to have faith in God. Not yourself, not the world, not in the ability of others. God. You got to stay connected with Him. You got to seek Him. You got to hear what He's telling you to do. Because you got to pray according to His will. And this is where a lot of people get kind of messed up along the way. <laughs> and, and I think we probably all experience people like this, you know, oh, there's a mountain in the way. All right, I command you to move in the name of Jesus. And they're, man, they're getting all fired up, and there is like zero results. And now all of a sudden they're going, Oh, well, that didn't work. And well, maybe God uh, is God a liar? Is this not working? Am I wrong? And when we start thinking about all these different things, when simply in First John it says, "Hey, you know, we have this confidence that if we pray according to His will, we have a confidence that He's going to hear us and answer us." So now the the secret here is knowing His will. John fifteen, where hey, I love it, I love it, where hey, if if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. That's a powerful statement right there. And we find a similar statement right here. But the secret to all of it is you got to stay connected with him. you got to get his opinions on the mountain. Lord, is this like, did the devil put this mountain here? Is this a cool like training exercise where I get to learn how to beat the devil up or what? Or is this like, is this like a me growing in the faith and staying connected with you and learn to walk in some kind of faith and authority thing? What, what is this thing that is in the way? If I don't know, that's important intel to have. Because if I get his opinion and his heart on this mountain that is now in my way, now... I can pray according to his will and have full confidence that when I speak, I'm not just speaking out of my own opinion now. I've heard God. Now I can go up to that mountain and say, all right, you're going to move. Problem, you're not going to get in my way anymore. Compared to, well, I don't know, it's just this problem. Because we, we've got to be careful. We've got to be so careful not to get conditioned to staring or avoiding the mountain. Because we will. We, we've done it. We're all guilty of it. Is that mountain's annoying? It's big. I don't have time right now. I'll do it later. And we slowly start to get used to the fact that that mountain is there. We slowly start. Well, you know what? It's not that far of a walk around the mountain. Yeah. And you get conditioned to a way of doing things that God never intended. Number two 
Do not allow yourself to have a wicked, doubtful, unbelieving heart. Stop looking about how big the problem is. Stop hanging out with the mediocre people that will comfort you in staring and avoiding at the mountain. There's always going to be people that will look at the mountain with you and go, yeah, it's easier to go somewhere else. Always. Be willing to do the difficult thing. If we're removing and not tolerating unbelief in our life, then we have to now put our faith into action and say, I'm going to do the difficult thing and give God the opportunity to move this thing. Number three, which is an interesting one, and many that I've talked to when bringing up verses of faith, they they, they leave this part of Scripture out. Because notice when we were reading that in Mark, Jesus is talking about having great faith and don't have a doubtful heart and believe and you'll receive. And, and then he immediately goes into forgiveness. What? Doesn't that seem kind of strange? Like we're talking about moving mountains and now all of a sudden Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And so here's the thing. When you're choosing to not forgive when you're choosing to harbor bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart, one, you're already contaminating your heart. And number two, you are making it more about you than God's heart already. And if you're making it more about you and you're in, 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 rather than God's heart, then how do you know you're actually hearing what God has to say about the mountain? We're too consumed, maybe even blaming a person about the mountain. We have to choose to walk in forgiveness because there was a hefty verse that says, hey, if you don't forgive, your Father won't forgive you. So if you want to build yourself up on the most holy faith, we have to remove and eradicate all unforgiveness as well. Why is that brought up every time we take communion? Because it's important. We cannot, if, if we cannot forgive, it shows that we are more about us than the Lord. And I'm not saying that it's going to be a cakewalk for everybody because all of you are feeling different things and experience different things. But it starts with a choice, man. That I will forgive. I will walk in this forgiveness. I will share the same forgiveness that God has given me. I've never understood how, how you could experience the love of God and forgiveness of God and yet not be willing to share it with other people. Selfish. And that will prevent you from saying, all right, mountain, get out of my way. The mountain will go, "Mm, no. You have to make sure you walk in forgiveness because when you walk in forgiveness, you're walking in an obedient heart. And it's also ensuring that you're keeping everything clean. It's amazing what unforgiveness will allow to enter into your life. And it will only reinforce the unbelief in your life. So we got to be the people that do not spend time crying about the mountain. But we got to be the people that are hearing God and then commanding the mountain. Amen? And maybe something to think about today is maybe he has allowed this mountain to be there 
and you feel like you're struggling in front of all these people and all your friends and all your family, but maybe he has allowed that mountain to be there so that other people can see what it's like when a surrendered vessel allows God to be stronger and bigger than them. Maybe he's letting it be there to say, I want to show myself strong on your behalf, but I can't do it if you don't yield to me. And we actually address the mountain. I get it's easier to avoid the mountain, but God's not calling you to avoid the mountain. He's calling you saying, hey, let's go do a thing. Let's move the mountain. We've been called to do impossible things because we serve the God of the impossibles. But if you're walking in unbelief, it's not going to happen. So before Teen Challenge comes up, I would like the worship to come up one more time. This is not going to take long at all. They're going to play one song. And then, Joshua, I'm going to bring you up after that. What I want you to do while the worship team is playing, as much as we want Teen Challenge to come up right now, I don't want you to get distracted just yet with something, a different thing. Take a moment right now, and I want you to have a conversation with the Lord. Is there a mountain? Is there a problem? Is there a situation in your life that it seems too big for you, that you have been allowing unbelief to cause you to try to go around the mountain, to try to avoid the mountain altogether? Take a different route completely so you don't even have to see the mountain. What problem, what mountain is God saying, no, 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 it's time to command that thing to move? So as they sing, I want you to have a conversation with the Lord. Get clear on that so you can have a clear direction on what you are to do with the Lord this week. And then after that, Teen Challenge is going to come up. All right. Well, you've heard it. It is time to eradicate unbelief and doubt. Start walking in real faith, real reliance on the Lord. And when he says, command that mountain to walk in full confidence to command that mountain. If you guys would like more information on the different programs we offer, I would love to connect with you more. Please visit us at thekingscode.com, and we'll see you real soon.